0: You are now tuned in to the Generation
1: Y podcast. What's going on everybody? This is a new episode of Generation Y um podcast, and we have an amazing person with us. Her name is Timby. And I'm gonna turn this over to Kelsey because she knows her a lot better and gonna introduce her like crazy. So watch this. Introduce her like crazy. Timby Joy. What's up? Studio audience, give it up for for Timmy. Okay, so um, we're just going to be talking mental health today. Timmy has some tips and tricks she's learned along the way she's going to share with us. So, um, I don't know, we rehearsed this, but everything flew out of my brain as soon as we sat down. So, (laughs) that's fine. Um, So, where do we want to begin?
0: I can just start talking about what life looked like before my diagnosis. So throughout my entire life, I've always been super, super sensitive. And I would say that before knowing that I had a mental illness, um, my life was just full of highs and lows. Like I felt really deeply. I One moment was super, super happy, super full of energy, super joyful. And another moment I was super, super depressed. And I thought it was normal uh, to have such swift, uh, mood changes, Mm -hmm. but I discovered that that wasn't the case. And, um, I never really thought that I had a problem. I mean, I struggled with depression and anxiety frequently, seasonally, Mm -hmm. but not to the point to where I felt like I needed to go see someone and talk to someone. And it wasn't until, uh, my emotional state began to affect my job that I realized that something was wrong. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah. So what did, like, how did you realize that it was like that bad when you got I'm skipping for it I'm thinking part of the story <laughs> so when you like when you were in your job what was it like oh this is not like yeah. I actually need help
0: yeah so I moved last year in August to Tennessee to intern with the church that I was at and um, you know it was a lot of change like uprooting my life um, I got hired and then like three weeks after that I left and so mm-hmm. change change can do a lot to your mental state, your emotional state, your physical state. Right. And so within like a month of being in that job, I like wasn't sleeping very well. I wasn't eating very well. And I was just really, really emotional, um, like not sensitive, but like super high, super yeah. low one moment to where it began to affect my job performance. And it wasn't until my boss sat me down mm-hmm. um, that I realized, that like, OK, this is a serious issue because people around me begin to notice that I really wasn't stable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had to actually step away from that, step away from something that I thought that I was supposed to Mm do. Um, And I came, moved back here, and then I went to go spend a month with my parents, and they arranged for me to talk to a psychiatrist because they were also worried because they didn't – they knew that something was wrong. They didn't even recognize me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went and talked to a psychiatrist and realized that I had bipolar. Mm -hmm. And so that was – that realization it was detri- it was so it was super devastating but at the same time it made so much sense yeah and so yeah
1: in that moment when you got your diagnosis what was like your initial thought what were you like oh snap or were you like oh this makes so much sense Yeah. Or yeah as kind much of as a it, mixture of everything yeah like, how did that m- feel
0: yeah as much as it made so much sense it honestly felt like a death sentence mm-hmm. like i Instantly thought that my life was over. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know a lot of people in my circle that have bipolar. Mm -hmm. While it is a very uh, common mood disorder, it's not something that is talked about as much as like depression and anxiety um, and how far you are on on those two spectrums. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it was the end. Mm -hmm. Like as much as it made sense and it kind of gave language to just how my entire life I... My entire life was a series of highs and lows. I felt like it was the end for me. And so I was very devastated.
1: Like looking back, when you say your entire life, looking back, can you think of like any instances where you were like, oh, I could have probably gotten the diagnosis then? Or do you think it had to get to the point that it got to for you to be able to realize?
0: I can think of a few moments in time where if I would have leaned into it more, if I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been so focused on like getting past it and honestly covering it up. Yeah. Um, I probably could have gotten this diagnosis earlier, but clinically it it shows, um, cause I began like reading up on Mm -hmm. like what bipolar is like all that fun stuff. Once I got diagnosed, like if you have any type of like mental illness or mood Mm -hmm. disorder of any kind, um, usually you'll be able to see those symptoms a lot more in your early Mm twenties. So it makes sense that it took it took me moving and right. being in a completely new environment for all these symptoms to really come to the surface. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it took, I think it took things happening the way that it happened um, for me and others to fully see that there's a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
1: So post diagnosis, how are you feeling? I feel good now. Uh, like, like knowing you before knowing you now is like, I mean, you're still you. Right. but right. it's much more like level and stable that's yeah for sure
0: yeah i definitely i definitely knowing how i was before and how i am now like mm-hmm. i definitely see a change in how i process things mm. i'm still sensitive like i still yeah. have my emotions and stuff i think a lot of people are afraid of pursuing different avenues like medication and like weekly therapy because right. they think that that stuff's going to numb them or make them feel like mm-hmm. inhumane. And honestly, if you are taking medication and you feel like you're not yourself, then you're probably taking the wrong medication or mm-hmm. the wrong dosage. But I'm a firm believer in you got to do what you got to do to right. be healthy. And right. I definitely can say that I'm much more stable now. Mm-hmm. And um, while I still feel very deeply, it's not as swift and the spectrum isn't on too you know, separate ends. Like, I feel like I can experience my emotions without being driven by them. Yeah. Um, so I feel good. But
1: you've like had to put in work yourself too. It's not just like meds and better.
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Like
1: you have matured a lot. I feel like through the whole thing too. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Something that my therapist told me when I first moved back is that like you just said like you have to put in the work mm-hmm. and you have to realize that like your health always has to come first above everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And so moving back here and trying to find work, I realized that I had to find something that wasn't too stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, I really had to make sure that every day I was taking my medication and even like my diet had to change a little bit too Mm -hmm. Um, because I also wasn't eating very well during that time where I was in Tennessee too, which can just add on to Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, imbalances in your brain and your mood and your emotional state Mm -hmm. because we are very affected by the foods that we eat. And so through changing my diet and making sure that I take medication every day and then also making sure that I'm going to my therapy appointments and then also like being honest with my support system as well Mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of able to figure out, like, what that new normal is, right. um, having a bipolar diagnosis. So.
1: What yeah. would you advise, I guess, to someone who is, like, experiencing these things or thinking, hey, something may be off with yeah. me? What would you say to them? First steps, I guess.
0: Well, I would say the first step is that you got to get real with yourself. I know for me, like I said, for so long, I tried to cover up. My symptoms mm-hmm. um, a part of me thought that it was normal um, but she's an enneagram when... 4 I'm an enneagram <laughs> four. yes so um, I thought that this is just how we feel we feel mm-hmm. very deeply and that's just the way that it is but while we are while there's nothing wrong with being super sensitive and having emotions um, when you're driven by them so much to yeah. where it's affecting your job performance <clears throat> and how you interact with people like that's when things become a problem And so, honestly, I would just get real with yourself and ask yourself the question, like, am I really okay? And even I would go as far as to, like, ask your coworkers and Mm -hmm. your friends and your family, like, am I good? Mm -hmm. And really lean into those honest um, responses. And then the second thing that I would say is that – if you, if you do feel like there's something wrong to where you need to go see a doctor or have a conversation with someone, know that there's no shame in that. Like all of us have stuff. Even yeah. if your symptoms are not like super like on the surface, we all struggle with things. Mm-hmm. And so know that there's no shame in that and that um, there's there's beauty in realizing your flaws, realizing your weaknesses, yeah. realizing that you need help and reaching out to get the help that you need. And then if you get a diagnosis like bipolar or even if, you know, you have anxiety and you realize that you need to be on medication for that, mm-hmm. there that that is not the end. Like I mentioned earlier, I thought that um, my bipolar diagnosis was a death sentence and I, I, I'm an artist, so I make music and so I wondered like, can I still make music? Mm-hmm. Can I some days still work for a church. And when I began to research bipolar, um, a lot of artists actually have a bipolar disorder. A lot of people that I look up to. Mm. My favorite actress has a bipolar disorder. Yeah. Winston Churchill had bipolar. And these are all... Kanye West has <laughs> bipolar. <laughs> Closed on Sunday. <laughs> and okay, so, like, you, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so literally, like, a lot of the people that I looked up, I found also had this mental illness. And mm-hmm. they're all still doing incredible things right. and getting the help that they need. And so this is not the end for you. You can bounce back. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a little bit of hard work and also realizing that you matter, your mental health matters, and that you shouldn't sacrifice that for the sake of you know, wanting to keep your job or wanting to um, keep up with appearances. Right. I know I had to ask myself the question like, is it worth leaving this internship right now or should I just stay in this job to prove to everyone that I can mm. do it while like mm-hmm. mentally deteriorating every day? Yeah, And I had to realize that like my health in the end matters. And so honestly, I would just say for those of you that are kind of questioning whether or not you need to get some help is I'd get honest with yourself Realize there's no shame in asking for help, and realizing that no matter what, like this is not the end. But I would argue and say this is the beginning of mm, discovering, okay, beginning, truly a <laughs> really discovering like who you are and who God has made you to be. So,
1: okay, Yeah. studio audience, snap <laughs> audience, <laughs> audience, snap it up. Okay, Susan in the back with the snap. Um, okay, so you said you're an artist. Like, how yeah. have you like used that as an outlet or? Like, what has, has it, has your diagnosis changed how you use your platform?
0: Yeah, I think I was, I, I've always been super honest in like my songwriting. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of my songs come from really like real experiences and mm-hmm. stuff. And I think it's challenged me to even be even more transparent. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of what I did in November when I was with my family and I was freshly diagnosed mm-hmm. and on medication for the first time ever was that I wrote a lot. And so I think it's an, it's, it's kind of made me get even more honest mm-hmm. with myself and with other people. And I have found that that has been an avenue to where I'm able to really express myself when I feel like I can't in any other way. Yeah, And so I think there's so much power in the written word. And then when you put okay. that to music, um, you're actually able to use the experience that you've gone through mm-hmm. um, to give other people language for what they're experiencing. Right. And so I think, I think this diagnosis has made me realize the weight of The gift that I have and Mm -hmm. how um, you know it's important to even be more honest I mean I look at artists that I look up to that also have bipolar like Demi Lovato Kanye West Mm -hmm. and they're both very um, prolific and authentic songwriters and stuff and Mm -hmm. I've connected through their music because they've been so real Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's challenged me to be more honest in what I do.
1: Timby Joy music ladies and gentlemen (laughs) Look her up on Spotify. Please do. iTunes. Yeah. Is that a thing? Everything. I mean, Apple Music. Apple Music, yes. <laughs> I haven't bought a song on iTunes. I'm, I'm in my shoe. Hey, it's all good, you know. It's fine. This is real. This is real. Real stuff. Um, I had another question, and then I untied my shoe. Um, I can't remember what it was. Um, hmm. Okay, so post back to post-diagnosis. <laughs> um, so what now, so you said you were just, like, chilling, working on you all of that (laughs) um so what is like now I guess like current you yeah what is it how do you feel now because you've like been on your meds and stuff and all of that and how are you feeling Mm -hmm. what does life look like right now Mm Mm-hmm futuristic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) well like I said before I definitely feel more balanced and it's funny because I I told my I thought this season of like working on me was going to be longer than I expected and Mm -hmm. I mean we should always be working on ourselves no Mm -hmm. matter where, where we are what we're doing but I told myself I needed at least five years in Oklahoma <laughs> to get myself right, and then five we can move on. Five years, years, five whole years to get years, it together. To get it together, <laughs> and then, then we can move on and do the next thing. But <laughs> I actually um, last month was it last month? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had I have I have two friends that moved to Brooklyn, New York, two years ago to kind of start this church and stuff, and they've been praying about people to come on to come alongside with them and Mm -hmm. to continue the work down there and so I caught up with them um a while back and they asked me if I'd be interested in moving down there and working with them and I said yes and so it's super cool because it's like because I was so willing to walk away from something that I thought I wanted Mm -hmm. um what I really wanted God's better plan for me came along and it's so cool because I look at I look at who I am now like I really do feel like I'm a healthier me, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm able to step into this knowing that I'm okay, that I'm ready. Yeah. Well, I don't—I may not feel ready, but <laughs> I guess it's
1: time. Yeah. And so um, I'll You're be You're more equipped now to be able to go into it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
0: For sure. Yeah. So I'll be moving to Brooklyn, New York in August to work with the Noise Church, and-
1: It's exciting, but- I feel like I just got here. I was telling Kelsey last time, I was
0: like, I feel like I just rolled up in Oklahoma. You did. You
1: just came back. So to be moving again is
0: daunting, but I'm excited, (laughs) though. It is. Uh, It's going to be good.
1: So what are you doing specifically there? So I'll be helping them
0: kind of, like, jumpstart their ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. The community that they have down there in Brooklyn is very creative. So Mm -hmm. a lot of people that go to that church, they're all, like, artists and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, which is...
1: (laughs) so i'll just
0: be helping like cultivate uh, creativity and bringing jesus into all of that and i'm hoping to go down there and just inspire people to Mm -hmm. use their gift as well as um where i say we i mean technically that is my church now so we are very (laughs) passionate about helping the community and so what they've been doing on tuesdays and thursdays is partnering with with a restaurant down there in Bushwick, which is the neighborhood that the okay. church is in in Brooklyn, and pass out free food and just do some street ministry. Awesome. So, I'll be doing that as well, which I love doing that stuff. Yeah. And so,
1: do you feel like this is a better fit than your for you specifically and like purpose for you? Yeah. Then your past position.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. I think before I was trying to mold into what they wanted me to be with mm-hmm. that specific ministry, and so I feel like this. Josh and Danielle have reiterated multiple times; they just want me to be me, mm, and so, mm-hmm. like, to be able to be the person that I feel like I am called to be, right? And to find my why. Okay, in that, why? Um, <laughs> I think is super, super cool, and I feel I definitely feel like this is a much more comfortable position for yeah. me to walk into. And then also, like, feeling healthier too. Right. Like that just adds. Like on now, you are
1: actually able to do the position. Mm-hmm. It's like before; yeah. that wouldn't have been. Like, I would much rather lose something that i was like trying to be yeah then the one that's actually for me absolutely so yeah i don't know are we done with this conversation is there more to say i mean did you get everything off your chest yes (laughs) look he has an attitude problem (laughs) um Um,
0: (laughs) yeah i think i think we've kind of covered it all unless you have any more questions for me
1: i don't think so Untied my shoe, lost everything. Mm. (laughs) Um, Now, what do I (laughs) say? Thank you for tuning in to the Generation Live podcast.